Phantomaniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Dave, and man, the heat is on, on the streets. I'm not just talking about how freaking ridiculously hot it is outside. Uh, I am talking about the Dragon Con heat. It's right around the corner. It is less than a week away, ladies and gentlemen, and Phantomaniacs. This past Wednesday, I published a new episode of the Needless Things minicast that is an interview with Beth Giles, who is the director, the brand spanking new director of the Silk Road Asian Cinema and Culture track, uh, which I honestly didn't know a whole heck of a lot about. There's so many tracks at Dragon Con. And the stuff that jumps out at you, you kind of latch on to. Uh, and there's a lot there that I, I don't really know that well. And I had the opportunity to talk to Beth because I've actually known her for years through DCW. And it, it was a great episode. I hope you go back and listen to it. Uh, full disclosure, I blew it. I talked to her uh, Monday, I think it was. I, did, I recorded two episodes on Monday uh, and thought that I had completed production and uploaded it and everything. And I hadn't done anything, but that's what comes with doing... I I produced two episodes and recorded two episodes in the same day on top of all the other stuff that I have going on. And I just completely lost track of what was done and what wasn't done. And I think what happened is I recorded the second episode and had intended to do everything for Beth's episode... And just other things, I worked on something else, did another thing, and by the time I got back around to it... So anyway, today, I'm recording this Wednesday, which is the day that the Silk Road episode went up, or the minicast went up, and 11 o'clock this morning, uh, you know, I have to... At work, we're not allowed to use our cell phones while we're doing our jobs. It's a thing. Uh, So I I sneak out to the kitchen so I can real quickly do all the posting that I do... Uh, on the completely useless social media and I go and there's no post because the way I've got it set up uh, Podbean is where the actual podcast is as long as you've got the Podbean info you can find the Needless Things podcast and then when it publishes on Podbean it automatically publishes to needlessthingspodcast.com which is the WordPress site where all of the other needless things stuff is hosted all the toy reviews and articles and everything else it's kind of the central hub of needless things and uh then when it publishes on WordPress it automatically posts uh to the needless things Facebook page uh which you should go follow if you haven't And so what I do is I go look, okay, there's the thing, share all the links, get back to work. And I'm sitting there, and it's not coming, and it's not coming, and there's no post, and what's happening? And I go look at Podbean, and there's the file's not even uploaded yet. I've done nothing. Uh, So, And I'm stuck at work. There's nothing that I can do from work. So I had to wait until now, uh, when I got home from work, to sit down, put the episode together. And it is up now. Obviously, as you're listening to this, it's up. And uh, now I am recording today's episode, which is a wonderful conversation with Carol of the Urban Fantasy Track. 
and Derek from the horror track of Dragon Con. This is not our last Dragon Con episode. We have one more. Uh, Mr. Bo Brown. Oh, yeah, and actually, now that I'm thinking about it, Monday was Bo Brown Day. I don't even remember right now when I recorded uh, Derek and Carol and, and Beth. That was maybe, that might have been last Thursday. Who knows? It's been crazy, you guys. And I don't even have a game show this year. Uh, so anyway, uh, Monday went and to, to Broughton Abbey with the intention of discussing the puppetry track for this year with Mr. Bo Brown, which we did, and also of discussing the San Diego Comic-Con and PowerCon Masters of the Universe news, which we did not end up having time to do. It's a long story. I'll tell you once we get around to recording that episode. Uh, or, or maybe for the puppetry episode, which we'll be posting special early episode next Wednesday. Because what's the point of posting the Friday of Dragon Con? That's silly. It's almost, Wednesday is almost too late, because I know a lot of you guys are already down there on Wednesday. Me personally, I can't do Wednesday. It's too much. I can't, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then leaving Monday. I cannot do 5.1 days of Dragon Con. I can't. I can't do it. I don't have it in me. Uh, But I can do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then get up Monday and GTFO. I, that is my formula. That's my plan. That's what I do. It's what I can handle. And uh, it, it, it nary shall it change or something. Uh, so anyway, that's the remainder of our Dragon Con episodes is today and next Wednesday. And unless something crazy happens. And then Monday, if you go to needlessthingspodcast.com, you can find my post listing everything that all of your favorite needless things personalities are going to be doing at dragon con i have of course my panels but beyond that uh we have the needless commentary team we have beth everybody is all over dragon con and that's the central spot monday needlessthingspodcast.com you can find our full schedule where you can find the needless things irregulars all weekend at dragon con it's going to be amazing. It's a great time. I'm so proud of everyone and everything that we're doing. Uh, it, it really does just fill my heart up to see all these wonderful people getting the opportunity to, to get up and entertain, uh, which is what I love doing so much. And I'll be doing plenty of it uh, next weekend. So today's Wednesday, Dragon Con. For me, it's Wednesday. For you guys, it's Friday uh, or later if you're not listening to this thing as soon as it posts, which I'm sure not everybody does. Uh, by the way, I've been wanting to ask this for a while. Is Friday the best day for the podcast to post? Would Monday be better? Would Wednesday be better? I don't know. I don't know. I My theory was always Friday, going home from work, people will listen to it. Maybe over the weekend, doing a little traveling, driving around, people listen to it. But I realize I listen to it going to work. And granted, my work schedule is super jacked up, so I don't have anything regular. But like for Monday through Friday average joes and josephines maybe you guys just want to listen to it like have it through the week i don't know let me know uh join the needless things podcast facebook group and uh let me know what you think about that or just shoot me a message on facebook or or whatever you know how to use google you're 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 big boys and girls uh what else have i got should i announce uh okay i'll, t- I'll tell you one more thing about dragon con so i got my full schedule yesterday 
And much to my surprise, uh, I, I was already aware of, of all the panels I was doing. A, a few weeks ago, I got my sort of tentative schedule as an attending professional. Uh, but then yesterday was a surprise, 11.30 Friday morning. I will be moderating a panel for Jake the Snake Roberts. Now, this is really big and huge and crazy. And yes, I know I moderated panels for Kane and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Sting and Ric Flair. And boy, shouldn't you be an old hand at this? And you met Rick frickin' Flair, the greatest professional wrestler of all time. Yes. Yes, I did. And he was very cool and very uh, nice and and uh, just great. Just great. Everybody's been great. They've all been fantastic. And uh, no no egos whatsoever. Just completely pleasant uh, people who are happy to be doing stuff. And, and very nice to me. Jake the Snake, who, who I don't expect to be any different, but he is a very intense person who's been through so much in his life. Uh, not that the others haven't, but we all know Jake's story. It's very, very public in a way that really no other wrestlers is uh thanks to beyond the mat and it's i don't know it's different i'm i'm not i don't know if i'd go so far as to say nervous but it's certainly a huge deal and a massive honor that i'm going to have the opportunity to to sit in in whatever capacity i'm there for this panel whether it's just to introduce him and sit back and listen as he tells stories or answers questions or if it's uh more of an interview i'm ready for for whatever he needs me to do because that's how i do these things if uh you know i have my research ready if if i need to guide things uh but i'm also ready to just sit back and and let it go it just depends you never you never know with that kind of panel what the guest is going to want because we don't have an opportunity beforehand i i meet them five minutes before the panel starts that's how that goes which is insane but that's what we do that's the job uh so yeah just found out eleven thirty uh friday morning and, and i've already uh, you know that useless social media i mentioned before i've already posted uh the everything about that there it's just wild that that's happening and then nine other panels on top of that including uh moderating a panel for the legendary dustin Rhodes, uh gold dust black rain uh the natural uh, another truly legendary performer 100 percent future hall of famer and uh also a massive honor but i've i've met him before i already know that he's nice and cordial and cool and pleasant so the the nerves aren't there the same way they are with with jake uh, who I had the opportunity to meet and, and was a little nervous to do it and talk to DDP instead. And I'll have to tell you that story some other day, maybe not broadcast. Uh, but he was awesome. He was on nothing bad about DDP at all. He was phenomenal, like blew my mind with how gregarious he was. And it was, it was a very interesting conversation that I don't know that I can totally repeat. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, that's, that's what's going on. Dragon con is nigh. And uh, now, right now, you are going to get to talk to two of the fantastic people 
who entertain you at Dragon Con, who devote a significant portion of their lives every single year to making the programming that makes Dragon Con so compelling, that makes Dragon Con so special and so different from every other convention out there. And, uh, you know, I told him thank you on the show. I'm going to tell him again right now, Derek and Carol, uh, you guys are true champions your treasures thank you so much for everything that you do and uh now for the listeners here's a little bit of music and uh then we're going to get into some horror and some urban fantasy Right, Phantomaniacs, Dragon Con is right around the corner, so it is time once again to welcome our friends Carol and Derek back to the show. Carol and Derek, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you for having us. I'm delighted to be talking to you guys again. Carol, you are the director of the Urban Fantasy track, and Derek, of course, the director of the Horror track. Uh, How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing pretty well. So... What I want to talk about tonight, I want to talk a little bit about your programming, uh, but for me, I'm super excited because for the first time ever, I will be appearing on a panel for the Urban Fantasy track. Yes, yes, I'm excited about that as well. I, I, I love making new friends and seeing new tracks, and I love Angel, which is the panel I will be appearing on. I'm actually playing a little uh doing a little refresher right now ah okay well great well yes i i'm i was very pleased because i know last year i did have you on something but then there was a conflict that couldn't be changed and so i didn't end up getting to have you on the panel i had originally put you on so i'm glad i kept checking um Derek can attest to this, that as directors, we're always checking the scheduling database just to make sure there aren't any big surprises. And I was like, oh, look, Dave is still there. (laughs) And there's no conflict. Yay. I think last year what happened is it was Saturday evening, and that we we had the game show, and preparation starts at, like, 7 for that. So basically after after 5 on Saturday, I, I just wasn't available at all for the past few years. But this year, all we have to prepare for is a screening, so it's no big deal, and and I don't have anything on Saturday anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, f- let's see, Friday night at eight thirty, I believe. Yes, that is correct. And uh, I'm excited. I'm ready to talk Angel, and I tell you, I've I've watched the series through you know several times since it was on, but watching it again now, there there are all kinds of little things. It's always great to refresh on something because. As we get older and as we engage with our entertainment and our media differently, we we discover new things about old favorites, and that's what I'm doing now. Absolutely. And uh, Derek, I've I've got a few. Uh, I've got a couple. What have we got? Blair Witch, Friday yeah. night, 10 p.m., which is fantastic because they're both right there in the Westin. I just go from urban fantasy to horror and spend my Friday evening with you guys having some dark, spooky fun. There you yeah, go. I, I, 
I don't know what we would do if we were in separate hotels. That would that would not be good. I'd, well, it'd be a we, shame. We we share so many um, panelists. <laughs> uh, we're we're basically like the twins of the uh, convention, as the way I look at it. So, well, you're you're yes. like the Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson of Dragon <laughs> Con. You're the you're the twins of evil. They're, oh, oh, great! Thanks. <laughs> um, no, it's it's more it's more like uh, uh, the death metal and the uh, symphonic metal. Uh, oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. There or, you know, you could say uh, kind of two sides of the same coin rather than twins because we're kind of, we complement each other rather than kind of, we're not exactly the same, but we have so many things in common. We're alike and yet not, um, not carbon copies, let's put it that way. Right. Which works out perfectly for the two very different natures of your respective tracks. Exactly. So I want to talk to you guys uh, about, we'll get to a little bit of the programming, but before we do, I want to find out what's been engaging you lately. What have you been reading or watching or enjoying or even listening to uh, that's kept you in the frame of mind for getting ready for Dragon Con or gotten you excited about current media? Because... We can't all just sit around watching 20-year-old shows all the time. There's got to be stuff that's current. I mean, granted, as great as that is, don't get me wrong, I'm doing it now, but uh, there's got to be current stuff to keep us engaged, too, I think, to, to give us those fresh perspectives. Uh, Derek, is there anything that that's hit in the last year or so that that's kind of caught your attention and you've really gotten into? You know, embarrassingly to say after you said we can't just sit around watching 20-year-old shows. <laughs> While I can't think of 20-year-old shows that I'm watching, most of my entertainment did come out uh, 20 years ago or more. I am trying to think of something fairly current that I'm uh, enjoying right now. Oh, I, uh, The Haunting of Hill House. I know it's not new-new at this point, but uh, I actually think that's the best uh, horror television uh, series I've ever seen. So, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I the actors delighted me. The, the, you know, the story was good. Yeah, and it visually was wonderful. But just watching the actors in that one is what kept me so tuned into it. And then, of course, what I am currently considering the greatest jump scare I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Which I guess, I mean, we can give it away. It's if, if listeners, if you have not yet watched Netflix's uh, haunting of Hill house, I'll have to plug my ears. Oh no. I'll if have you to, haven't, yeah. okay. <laughs> we, I won't give it away then. I won't give it away. I'll just say, and for those who have seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Cause it's the biggest <laughs> one in the series. Uh, absolutely scared me to the point where I had to check my trousers because it, <laughs> it was really and truly unexpected uh, done with no build up whatsoever and, and I loved it. Derek, do you feel like you probably know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, I'm, I'm fairly sure that I do. Um, it, that was uh, spectacular. What, what creeped me out more 
were the hidden ghosts yes. in the background yes. that I started looking for after I found out that they were there. Uh, but yeah, that that series to me was is the high watermark of horror on television. It's um, they treated it like a serious family drama without trying to be apologetic of it being horror as well. It just delivered on all fronts as far as I'm concerned. The my only complaint with it is that I wish they had not called it The Haunting of Hill House. I think it was strong enough that it could and should have stood on its own rather than being supposedly an adaptation of someone else's material. I I would agree with that. I, I think there were enough original elements there that they didn't need it. However... If it had been presented as an original thing during the pitch, it might yeah. it might not have had the traction to go through. So I mean, I get it, and and I said, you know, I credit yeah. that. I give that jump scare a lot of credit. However, that's the least of its accomplishments. Like it it is not a jump scare show. There were it is very it's, few. It's not just a jump scare show. Right, is the right. way I look at it. <laughs> the, it it's much more about atmospheric. Uh, horror intention than it is about getting you. Yeah. Uh, but there's there are surprises and there are thrills and and it's wonderful and I definitely even though there the second season won't be related, uh, I, I plan to watch the first one again uh, mainly because I I was so disappointed with the the last like ten minutes. <laughs> but well, yeah, I don't know how I would have wrapped it up. I I think it was okay. I didn't hate it. Um, but I think at that point, I don't know what else they could have done with it. I, I think any ending they came up with would have been disappointing in some way because it was nearing the end. Uh, yes, yes. And now knowing how it concludes, I, I think I can, uh, it, it'll be a little easier to take in once it happens. But since Carol hasn't seen this yet, and you absolutely should, <laughs> Let's uh, let's move on to our next topic. Carol, is there anything that's been thrilling you over the past year since we last uh, spoke on the show? Well, you know, you know how you were talking about um, doing watching Angel again. Well, I've been doing the same thing. Last year, I did Buffy. I called it my Buffy a Day rewatch, and this year it's been Angel because it had been a long time since I'd seen a lot of the seasons. So, mm-hmm. or you know, from different parts of the seasons. So, I so I've been doing that. But in addition to that, I have been, I, you know, I cover, I actually cover twenty one shows this year on the track. And I have been watching, you know, The Magicians and Supernatural and, you know, those have, those have been excellent. Uh, Winona Earp, but that was, it's not back into uh, new season production quite yet. So, you know, those things. Lucifer, which is why I actually got Netflix, but since I got Netflix, it was after I started doing all of my viewing for the track, so I haven't had time to. To watch things that were just purely for my own enjoyment, since The Haunting of Hill House falls under Derek's track. So, uh, but that is on my list of things to see. But those, uh, you know, I I have been, 
keeping up with those shows. iZombie, I thought, had an absolute fabulous end. Uh, I I really think that they did a great job with their finale this year, and uh, we're very excited to have those cast members coming to coming to con. So that's in terms of viewing. That's you know pretty much what I've been the most excited about. Something outside of my genre that I really enjoy is The Expanse, but it's not hasn't been back on either, not yet. We're waiting. Uh, we're waiting. That's right, December, <laughs> from what I understand. So you know that's uh, kind of a pain in the neck, but um, I feel I feel bad for you know all of us waiting for that to return. In terms of reading, I've been doing a lot of reading of the different folks that will be, the the different authors that will be on the track. I'm actually going to be featuring 55 different authors over the course of the four days. Oh, wow. And Uh Yeah, and uh, I, so, you know, I'm trying, I always like to have my, um, you know, a little bit of a knowledge base there so that I can... uh, you know, have a, a get a taste of what everybody does. So, I've been doing a little bit of that reading. But something I want to recommend that that I think people would really get into. They actually stars made a show out of it called The Rook, which is also one that I cover on the track. But I do recommend that series written by an Australian gentleman. The first book in the series is called The Rook, and the show is. The show used the books as kind of a jumping-off place, and it's it's quite a bit different in a lot of ways than what the than what the books are. But those are very cool. the The first one is it's a few years old, but I just came across it fairly recently, and so it's been in the last several months that I read it. But that that, that was a lot of fun. Well, who stars in the Rook? I feel like I've seen a trailer for that and and wanted to watch it. It's not anyone that I was particularly aware of prior to this, except Olivia Munn. She's in it. And, uh, you know, she was, um, she used to, she was out very briefly on The Daily Show, but then she was in that network show that I liked so much. What was the name of it? Uh, yeah, she was, oh, she yeah. was in X-Men. She was in the last Predator movie. I know what show your newsroom, right? New- Yes, the newsroom. Okay. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I knew it had news in there somewhere, and uh, but the, most of the other people, I think, were not because uh, she does play an American in the show, whereas uh, the rest of the folks are British. Basically, what the story is is it's a a secret organization of super people with these unexplained supernatural abilities that kind of police their own folks like whenever something weird happens in britain they kind of you know they they're the ones who step in and take over so so i think it was just the trailer itself and nobody that was in it that that got me interested because i mean that as soon as you said the rook my brain went hey that that's that thing yeah and it's very it, it is a good show it's just it is considerably different from the book so they're they're two different animals and i tried to look at it that way but i've enjoyed both was that derek were you chiming in derek no oh okay i thought i thought i heard a little something in the background uh it's a ghost 
It is a, a ghost. ghost. Yeah. There, there's a ghost that you can only barely see standing behind me. <laughs> and as the camera pans across in front of me, it'll kind of like move behind one of the shelves. Uh, so, excellent. Great stuff to get prepared for the Urban Fantasy Track. For one thing, just to know what some of the topics are going to be this year. Uh, to kick back over to Derek, in programming this year, uh, you what you guys do is amazing to me i can't imagine putting the energy that you do into pleasing the dragon con guests the fans the attendees you have not not to not to put too much on you but you guys have an incredible responsibility that every year you live up to well thank you that's i mean it really is you guys are the the you know we I, i just recorded an episode earlier today where we were singing the praises of of the volunteers uh, at, at Dragon Con, and you know, you guys as track directors also are some of the unsung heroes of the whole thing because th- you know this is it's for fans by fans, and that's an important thing to remember is you guys are fans, and you're doing this because you love what you're doing. That's right. Uh, so, Derek, coming out of last year. I'm sure every year you guys get sort of inspired and think, okay, I'm taking a little break, but there are a couple of footnotes i got to remember for next year. Were there any panels on this year's schedule that were kind of percolating in your brain last year? Not really. The weird thing is the years run together, uh, so I can't quite remember uh, the last time that happened, if it was after last year or the year before last, uh, I do. I have an idea of what I'm going to do early on, uh, because of the since we cover the entire genre of horror in all media, you know, I the slots go fast. <laughs> right, right. So. so uh, and, you know, as I've told you before in private, I I've, I've, can't remember the last time I've had such an immense turnover of uh, panel uh, topics. Usually, uh, there's not as much turnover as there was this year, but it was also a pretty smooth year, all things considered, too. So, I don't think that really answered your question. But uh, No, it, it did. It was... You, uh, this is a pretty fresh year for you. What, what were some of the things though that maybe did come to you first that you nailed down and have survived any rearranging <laughs> that you that you've made? Uh, one shot slashers. That yes, was, uh, that as you know that was that was briefly cut and then it came back. So that's like a slasher movie. It. You can't kill it. Although, even though the topic of this uh, panel is horror films that were supposed to start franchises and just didn't, you know, <laughs> so. Well, and that's I'm thrilled that that one is back because when when I mentioned it to to Beth and to Nicole, both of them responded very big to it. Uh, both were immediately started spouting out. You know, movies and, and I mean it was a very 
energizing topic and i think it'll be that way for the audiences as well i i, I really think that's going to be a fun panel oh yeah I, I do too uh oh uh one of the panels that stuck around uh since the beginning was a panel about uh, the uh author vc andrews uh if there's any british listeners you'll know her as uh, Vic, uh virginia virginia andrews i think um She's a writer who's long been associated with the horror genre. I'm not really sure why, but uh, I know that my friend Clay is a fan of the early works that were written by this author. And I thought, hey, that might be interesting to actually have a panel about this author and sort of see why it syncs up to the horror genre so often. (laughs) I mean, when I was younger, uh, I read, that's uh, Flowers in the Attic, right? Yeah, yeah. She she actually only wrote a handful of the books with her name on it. Uh, the rest have been ghostwritten. Well, I just, when I was younger, I read the first, maybe one or two of those before it just got too outside of my area of interest i guess yeah but i do feel like she had a talent for creating a certain atmosphere uh for creating dread i mean i i would i'd certainly qualify that first book as horror uh, not in the yeah. traditional sense but but i mean it is it's hard it's it's an uncomfortable read yeah uh, clay has often said maybe not horror but definitely gothic which yes. i think is an interesting so many people nowadays just equate the two but there there is overlap but it isn't uh it is basically not every or not every gothic work is i guess you'd call traditional horror so but nevertheless i thought that would be an interesting topic so I'm glad that that one stuck around. Yeah, I think that's definitely uh, something that warrants conversation, which, you know, at the base of it, to me, that's what's interesting about panels is them being conversations about these things. I'm not going in looking for presentations of facts or necessarily slideshows, although there's room for that sort of thing as well. Informational panels can be fun too, but I love these conversations where people engage and share their ideas about what these topics are and what they mean to them. Yeah. So, uh, horror-wise, oh, and I've got, uh, I'll go ahead and jump ahead because I don't want to forget to mention it. Uh, you have an It panel as well. Obviously very timely. The new movie is coming out right after Dragon Con. Yeah. So what? when you're envisioning a panel with a discussion about It, uh, are you seeing a sort of far-ranging thing that covers the book, the adaptations, everything? Do you, are you focusing on just the existing movie the possibilities of the next movie or all of that i'm not moderating that one myself so i'm not entirely sure what the moderator is going to be how the moderator is going to be approaching it 
but I did think that I really needed to do something because the last time, uh, you know, when the first movie came out, I felt like I really blew it by not having the panel because of all the Pennywise uh, costumes that I saw that year. Uh, but uh, Thomas Mariani actually said, no, it actually might be better if you waited till the second movie comes out anyways. And hey, he was right, because as you pointed out, the second movie comes out, I think, the weekend after Dragon Con, if I'm not yes, mistaken. Yes, that's, that's correct. So I expect that's going to be a very popular panel. But uh, at this point, I'm not sure uh, how my moderator is going to handle it. So so any anything goes in the realm of... Uh, it fiction and adaptations i suspect that might be that might happen excellent well i'm i'm very much looking forward to that one that's uh, one of my favorite works of stephen king uh, who is my favorite writer so i'm i'm pretty stoked about that uh carol any you've got as you mentioned and i love the fact that you're you've got the numbers up front and ready are there any panels in particular that, you know, as you were putting your schedule together, you kept coming back to and were just like, wow, I'm, I'm so excited we're doing this. This one is going to be such a treat. And I'm sure, obviously, they're all wonderful, but are there any specific favorites of yours? Uh-oh, did we lose you? Hmm. Okay, am I back now? You are back now. Okay. Sorry about that. I don't know. It's uh, okay. The, it, the, all of a sudden, the thing popped up and told me that something was going on. So, But you can hear me all right? <laughs> yeah, you sound great now. I'm just going to make a little okay. time note. Uh, Derek, that I will edit. I suspected that I would. Uh, I suspected that would get the cut. Yeah, sorry about that. I don't know what happened. All of a no, sudden, it just no had a pop, pop thing up. But um, what, what I tend to do is I base my programming, at least for the most part, around what authors do we get in terms of the book programs, because I do cover you know books and media. So, but there are a couple of things that. They kind of stick around from year to year. I think if I ever didn't have my humor in Urban Fantasy Panel, that people would revolt. Uh, <laughs> because they because that one tends to be really popular. And, you know, put different people on it every year. So, I mean, it's not necessarily that all the panelists are different, but there are always some new ones on there, you know, kind of cycling around. So I think, you know, that, that one is kind of a staple, and people enjoy that. And I always have something on magic systems because that's, you know, such an underlying theme in urban <coughs> fantasy. But, but, with, but I try to make it, you know, every year – have a slightly different approach or, you know, tweak it a little bit. But we do have, you know, the and then and then the fan panels that are over the shows that I cover, those I already know what I'm going to have. But everything else I kind of have to I build around waiting to see, you know, which authors get booked and things like that. So the you know, when it's becoming I guess more serious is probably 
around May because by then there's been there there have been enough people that have been announced that even if a few of them cancel, you have a pretty good idea of what your base is that you're working with. Sure, <laughs> yeah. Sure. So, yeah, so then I can go from there. But there are some things that uh, that I think are going to be well-received and a lot of fun. And it's we did one last year on vampires in folklore, or, you know, vampires of folklore and this year it's contemporary vampires and because you know we have to always do something on vampires too because it's you know urban fantasy track but then there are some other things i I haven't done it since the first year of the track which was 2013 and that was a, a panel on music in urban fantasy and so brought that one back for the first time in a while so i think people are going to enjoy that and the historical urban fantasy, which is a subject that is very close to my heart, but unfortunately, I have another obligation during that time and will not be able to moderate that panel, but but I'm excited that we're having that going on. And uh, we have one on Monday on Ghosts. We have something on the Fae. And then one that I also am happy about doing that I haven't done one specifically on in a while is werewolves so this is dedicated to werewolves in particular and i'm looking forward to that i think it's going to be a lot of fun oh werewolves are awesome my my son over the past year has kind of adopted werewolves as his favorite thing so he's uh he, we, we've got all kinds of we, we have all right he's 11 where are we at in the werewolf movie system of what we can show him <laughs> oh yeah now you'll have the derek is the one you'll have to ask about that but, yeah uh now you mentioned magic systems that's very interesting to me is that sort of comparing how magic works in different things or or what is that a reference to well that ha- that is one of the the book or you know <clears throat> author lit panels and so what we'll be doing is talking about the different magic systems that that these different authors employ in their series or in their stories and you know some of them are people who do write series that have you know recurring characters and a protagonist that people are familiar with and then other there are there are a couple of people on there who tend not to write you know series type things so it'll be interesting to hear how you know they've written different books that incorporate magic so how does it differ from book to book so i think that will be more fun i'm calling it magic systems 101 so we can kind of all learn while we that's excellent i and i love uh i love things that kind of compare different sources across media like different ways of doing things right right and that's well, I was just going to say, there's so many different ways to present. Well, even going back to werewolves, there's so many different ways to present that concept uh, as, you know, is it a virus? Is it a magical thing? Is it supernatural? And and just discussing the, the different forms of presentation and the different uh, sources of these things is always very interesting to me. Right. And I agree. And that's why I like doing those. And to... 
give you an example of somebody who doesn't feel that way. I have a friend who he does not care for it at all that people who write vampire fiction, that they will have depictions that are completely different from one another. He thinks there should be like some specific things that all vampires share or whatever. I, I just think that's kind of funny. I'm like, I enjoy the variety. Thank you. <laughs> Well, and that's, I mean, one of my favorite series of, of vampire books are uh, Brian Lumley's Necroscope books. Oh, yeah. I love those, but those are, you know, th- very far astray from the traditional idea of the vampire, which is one of the things that I love so much about them is, is Lumley got so creative with, I mean, he got way out there with that series, and I love it for that. You know, I never really, uh, no, I didn't... Um... I I just read the first uh, couple of those, but from what I remember, it wasn't that he got way out there. To me, it was almost like the vampire legends are what humans cooked up after being exposed to these creatures. So you could see the seeds of it wasn't completely divorced from vampire mythology. It's just that vampire legends seem to be a more mythologized version of these creatures well that that that's accurate but in later books they were traveling through dimensions and like vampire home worlds and all i mean it got it got crazy yeah 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 vampire sci-fi huh i mean really it was just about to that point i would almost more fantasy i would say because there were well, we we'll do a whole other episode about those books. <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to I don't want to sit here and run those down because one I could talk about them for hours. Two, I haven't read them in years, so I might say things that are slightly inaccurate, and you know that's taboo on a podcast. I, absolutely, you can never make a mistake. <laughs> I'm quite sure that's, <laughs> that's, that's correct. Uh, so, Derek, speaking of vampires, have you got any vampire centric programming this year? Yes, we do. Um, there at uh, press time, me and uh, Carol's friend uh, Dacre Stoker will be coming in. He'll be doing a presentation for both of our tracks about uh, Dracula. And also on Saturday night, I will be uh, hosting a screening of Nosferatu with a live score by my friend Valentine Wolf. Oh, that's fantastic. That- it was really interesting because it was something I wanted to do, and I was thinking, well, I'm going to have to approach the uh, senior directors about this because the way uh, performance acts work is a little different than, you know, booking a guest or, you know. And I thought, well, I'm going to have to talk to them. And then one of the senior directors actually emailed me and said, hey, would you be interested in doing a uh, screening of Nosferatu with this band, Valentine Wolf. Uh, I saw them (laughs) perform at a convention, and it was really cool. And I thought, well, that made my job easier. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah, so that was was a real quick turnaround. Uh, But that will actually have an intro uh, panel where we'll have uh, several fans and experts on Nosferatu uh, to give context for the film. And who knows, I might have, oh yeah, of course, I can't, I can't believe I forgot we will be having, uh, a couple of, uh, what we do in the shadows panels. 
and um, that show is my, hilarious. My brain is mud right now, so I'm trying to think. I'm yeah. sure there's some. I'm sure there's another vampire centric thing in there. Uh, much like urban fantasy, we can't get that far from vampires uh, in the horror genre. So, of course, of course. So yes, programming wise. Uh, when you're looking at now, has Thursday programming become a thing for you guys yet? No, <laughs> it did. For, it did for me beginning last year, and I decided. Well, and I say programming. It's not. Um, it's part of our programming because it's part of the whole package. But it's not the same as putting together a panel and you know all of that. But. Last year, uh, I decided that I was going to do a supernatural trivia game, and I wasn't sure how many people. It was just supposed to be kind of fun. I had no idea how it was going to turn out, and I thought, well, I don't know if I'm going to get, you know, 20 people or 200. Well, guess how many showed up? Uh, so, you know, that was uh, it was the higher number, and so that was that was fun. But this year, what I'm doing, and you may find this of interest, Dave, Uh-oh. is that I'm. It, it's not the Buffy Horror Picture Show, but I am screening the Once More with Feeling episode <coughs> in the track room on Thursday evening at eight thirty. Oh, so that's pe- wonderful! Yeah, so you know that way. I, I know that part of the joy that people get out of the Horror Picture Show, which is a huge production, though. I mean, it takes up time and space and you know all this all of that but the you know is being able to watch it with other fans and instead of just enjoying it while you're sitting on your own couch or whatever so i'm hoping that that uh, people will show up and enjoy it i'm going to predict two things one that you're <laughs> going to get, one that you're going to get a huge turnout for it and okay. two that you are going to have a few hams <laughs> who get up and act it out while it's going on. And, you know, I would be fine with that. I think it's fine. I had one person comment on it after I had posted. Um, I, I did, throughout July, I did what I called panel peaks, and every day I would post one or two of the different panel topics that we were going to do. Mm-hmm. And I, the, when I did put that one up, somebody wanted to know, and I, and I did make a note that, you know, this is not the horror picture show. It's only that I didn't want people to get all worked up and think they were coming to one thing and find out, you know, right. that it's not. But uh, the one person said, but is it okay if we sing along? And I said, of course. <laughs> so, you know, we'll see how it goes. I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm optimistic that it, should be, that it should be fun in any case. I think so. I absolutely think so. So, Derek, you were... Uh pretty vocal against thursday programming yeah i now i will say that um my schedule has changed and i will be coming in wednesday because the plan now is to see that uh tim capello and casket creature show i know right uh so but before that traditionally uh me and my uh chauffeur aka ichabod will uh (laughs) Uh, traditionally we would come on Thursday and we get in on Thursday. I run around, I get my badges, I do this, do that. I don't want to have, oh yeah, and I have to do a panel hanging over my head. Um, 
Now, I will be doing a couple of things this year. I'm going to have a synthwave meetup outside of my track room. So if anybody listening is a fan of synthwave, that is currently scheduled to be at 10.15 p.m. It won't be a formal panel or anything. It's just going to be a meetup because I could not find people who could talk about the topic. So we'll just get a get together and meet each other, I guess. <laughs> but I, I prefer Thursday to be the uh, calm before the storm. So I feel like there are so many bands or, or group, synthwave performers, so many that would be so good at Dragon Con. Yeah, and that's actually part of why there's not a panel because uh, there's a uh, local performer who... I wanted to uh, apply, and we were going to set that up, and then we found out that the deadline had passed like a couple of weeks beforehand. We did not realize, so oh no, he, he had missed the window, and since he wasn't coming in as a um, in an official capacity, I didn't want to, you know, hey, you want to be on panels? I'm, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but um, that is. That is an area I um, would love to see some of those top performers at Dragon Con. I, I, I'm especially now that a lot of those acts are kind of bridging beyond one or two people with some uh, a band in a box set up. Mm-hmm. You know, now now that we're seeing more of those top performers, but they actually have actual additional musicians in addition to like a synth or a, you know, you know, just one or two people. Right. Once, once you progress past dude on stage with keyboard and programming unit. Yeah. You get a little more of a presentation. Yeah. Yeah. And and luckily the scene has gotten to that point where we're seeing more of a show, uh, with a lot of these bands. Um, that it's, it's very strange that that genre, of music has so quickly become the third pillar of my listening taste, but I, I truly love that genre. So, well, and it's over the past few years, it's, I mean, it's hooked me as well. I mean, I, I, I don't remember exactly when I first sort of stumbled into it or, or I guess the revival that, that happened a few years ago, but it really has become something that I, I can't honestly say I'm diving deep into it. But when I catch something that that utilizes that or that sound, I'm immediately into it. Yeah, I guess it was just a big surprise to me because I credit Spotify for it. I was I'm a big fan of the uh, Italian band Goblin. Yes, and you know how Spotify will recommend similar music uh, after you've played an album by a certain artist. And they tend to be much better at it than, say, Netflix. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it doesn't start automatically. Oh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, Spotify recommended this. Uh, they It started playing this band named Carpenter Brute. Yes, yes. And I was like, wait, what is this? Why have I not heard this before? And that was it. I, it, I That was like that grabbed me and i've been i've been a fan ever since i've been to a couple of shows 
Uh, I like the scene. I, I'm, I'm sure there's some bad apples in in the scene. You know, you there are there. Yeah, but yeah. everybody I've met so far has just been really nice, and they also like a lot of them seem to have my specific genre interests. It's really cool, you know. Uh, so I'm just really enjoying that whole uh, scene, and I'm hoping that I can meet some more people as part of you know as at this meetup so hey come on out if you if you like the genre or scene or whatever you choose to call it <laughs> so you threw uh carpenter brood out there who are fantastic and i'd also like to mention i i interviewed uh and i'm still not clear on if it's just a guy i believe it's just a guy but uh vhs glitch oh yeah uh for, for the listeners, if you haven't checked them out and if you haven't checked out my interview with him, which is one of the weirder interviews I've ever done, uh, I highly recommend you go back in the archives and look for that one. And and But the music is awesome. And that that's right around where I started realizing that like this was a thing and there were so many other bands out there doing it. Yeah, and for those who don't know what we're talking about, uh, I will say Synthwave is a pretty... It's a it's a broad umbrella, and yeah. I know that people get in into arguments as they do on everything <laughs> about what constitutes synthwave. Um, but the easiest, the the quickest description I can give is the people who do the uh, music for Stranger Things. I don't, I actually don't watch Stranger Things. I'm, I like it, but I'm not like a huge fan. But nevertheless, that's. That the sound, the opening music for that show is a good indication of it. Uh, very heavily inspired by John Carpenter's uh, music in many, in many ways. Yes. Um, it, a lot of bands now are starting to introduce vocals. A lot of it was instrumental, but now you're getting more vocals. Well, how how I started was, uh, and I cannot remember the name of the company that puts them together but it, there was a series of compilations that came from the same uh company and that you can you get them online and they're like i think they're pay what you want type of deal yeah uh, and they would have just tons of different bands on them and i remember the first time one of those had vocals i was like what is this what's happening <laughs> And then the first time I heard non-synthesized guitar on one, I was like, wait, what's going on? This is weird. But now it's, it, it like you said, it's sort of expanded. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the term, the actual term synthwave may be a little bit of a misnomer at this point. I, I don't know what else to call it, though. I, yeah. it's Well, and here, a, another recommendation for the listeners and, and for you, Derek, although I think think you and i might have talked about this one before uh there is a compilation called carpenter that it's not covers of john carpenter's songs it's music inspired by his movies so you're not going to go on here and hear the the theme from the thing but you are going to hear an artist who created a song inspired by the thing it's awesome. It's it's a very interesting. Uh, I'll I'll send you a link to it. It's it's really really cool, and that's 
again, Laser Hawk, Gunship, uh, Bionic Resistance, like all these, there's so many of these bands out there. And like at their worst, they're good. Exactly. That's a good way of putting it. I haven't heard one that I thought, okay, that was just absolute crap. No, no, I, I haven't either. And, you know, maybe that's, that's just because of, uh, careful selection by whoever's putting these together, but you know, you'd think by now you'd have at least one band name that you were like, never again with those guys, you know? Yeah. And I, I don't have that for this genre. Yeah. Well, let's get uh, let's get back on track on the tracks. <laughs> so, Carol, what music do you like? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the answer to that question, but uh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I'm a, a symphonic metal fan. Uh, primarily, uh, I, I tend to go for those the, that have female vocalists, but not entirely. I do like Camelot as well. And those are the things that I listen to most often, but I do still have my old, uh, you know, f- favorites from the 70s, like, you know, Pink Floyd and Jethro Tull and Deep Purple and those folks. And yes, even early Alice Cooper, Derek. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and there's the connect. There's the thread that connects us all. <laughs> the Alice Cooper. Yeah. Dear old Alice Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> I still can't believe that he let me get up on stage with him and interview him that year. I, that just blows my mind that that happened. I mean, yeah. by all accounts, he's absolutely wonderful. Though I've never heard a negative word about Alice Cooper. Yeah, he's a very nice guy. A friend of me and Carol's actually uh, was his opening act, uh, what, nearly 20 years ago now. And that was kind of in the back of my mind. I was like, well, my friend likes this guy. She says he's a really nice guy. So (laughs) maybe I should check him out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, and even though I listened to him when I was a teenager, which was, you know, a really, really long time ago, um, when I had never seen him live until that time that Lennon opened for him, so that that was fun. That was a that was a great experience all around. I'd seen her before, but not him. <laughs> yeah, and I and, and I and I didn't see her uh, open for him. I just so uh, our our friend Lennon, our, our friend Lennon Murphy, who had the band Lennon uh, early two thousands. Uh, unfortunately, her debut album was released on September 11th, 2001. Oh, wow. And, and she, and there was a pretty sizable media buildup for her. And, well, I mean, you can see what happened there. Well, I was know. actually working in a record store, uh, at the time and there were two albums that we had to pull because they had depictions of the towers on the front. One of them was a live album from somebody, I can't remember who right now. Dream Theater. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yep. Oh, yeah, okay, I know which one you're talking about. Uh, we Yeah, we, we had to go out and pull them out because I was at work, um... And we had to go, it was new release day, and we had to pull off, we had to pull those, and uh, like the very next day, we got in about a billion Lee Greenwood singles. 
jeez. So that tells you uh, uh, that tells you where the corporate mentality is at. Uh, so all right, to to wind things down, what I'd like to do, uh, if you guys are sort of eyeballing your schedules right now, I would like for you to pick not necessarily an underdog panel, but a panel that you're you're curious to see how it goes. That you feel like this is this is almost like an experiment to see what people think of this one. Carol, have you got anything that kind of fits that description to you? Yes, and the reason is that I think I mentioned before that uh, I actually cover or I, I was assigned twenty one different shows this year. That's those are ones that have uh, are urban fantasy based, and so they're covered by my track. Well. There are only so many hours in a day and only so many slots, and I do try to keep my my programming very evenly divided between the book stuff and the media stuff so that you know people who are into one or the other can be satisfied and what but what that meant was that there were some shows that were probably a little bit more under the radar, a few that were on Netflix that maybe not everybody would know about, and some that, uh, you know, there were a few of them that were in a foreign language, which also kind of throws people sometimes if they have to watch subtitles or, you know, hear dubbing or whatever. So what I did was I took seven different shows that I put together on what I'm calling a combo fan panel, and so I'm very curious to see how this is going to go off. I mean, how many people will be interested in coming? But all of the panelists on the on the panel, every show has at least one or two representatives, and so the, each person is going to get to talk about the show that they're most interested in, and then you know engage the audience back. So I'm kind of curious how this is going to work because I've never done that before, other than. Once, I think I, I, well, maybe twice, I may have combined the originals and Vampire Diaries. Because, you know, they were, right. And I I think that, uh, and I may have done that, I know I did it once, maybe twice over the years, but this will be the first time we'll ever have that many in there. So I'll be curious to see what kind of a reaction people have to it and, you know, how does that go. And... Let's see, what else? Now, what is, well, what is the title of that panel, and when is it happening, as of now? It is right now on Sunday at 4 o'clock, and it's called A Cornucopia of Urban Fantasy Shows, a combo fan panel. Beautiful. Perfect. <laughs> and it is, yes, there are... Are you laughing at me, Derek? Uh, <laughs> no, I was, no, I was just thinking... Remember, I was going to have that panel back in the dark fantasy days called Cavalcade of Cancellations. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways. Yeah, so I'll be very curious to see how that comes off, you know, how that is received. Let's put it that way. In terms of any of the other things, I don't really think that there are any underdogs or particularly experimental or something that's significantly different than what I've done before. But uh, one thing I will mention, too, and this might appeal to some of your listeners, is that on Friday night, we are doing a little it's kind of supposed to be inspired by if you were sitting around a campfire telling ghost stories. 
or urban legends or whatever, but we have a group of seven authors who are going to be reading just a, a five to seven minute either section of a story or a story itself, and that is spooky, and we're going to have uh, Valentine Wolf accompaniment. They're going to play in between and also during some of the readings, so... And that should be fun. Excellent. Very cool. That, and I, I love hearing those. Uh, Dragon Con has to be a mix of the cool stuff that we want to see and neat little things that we didn't necessarily expect. And that's that. that uh, both of those Valentine Wolf performances that you guys mentioned sound very, very cool. Yes, we're excited. We love them anyway, uh, you know. But but it's it's great to be able to have them involved with our individual tracks. Derek, have you yeah. got uh, have you got any little engines that might? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I threw the title Sasquatch Horror Picture Show on the Facebook page <laughs> to see how people reacted, and people seemed to like the idea. So uh, we'll see how that panel goes. There's a lot of just bargain basement Sasquatch horror films uh, that I thought would be entertaining to talk about. Absolutely. If you get somebody up there with enthusiasm for some weird random... uh, If you go on Amazon, I think there are at least 43 different low-budget Sasquatch movies. (laughs) Oh, oh yeah. Originally, I had planned to have it as a late-night panel so we could show video of the uh, movie where Sasquatch rips a biker's junk off, but uh, now it's actually going to be at 5.30 in the afternoon, so I don't think there will be any (laughs) junk-ripping video footage to uh, show, unless we edit it. friend of mine doing some video stuff for the track said he may be able to edit it so i i I don't know how that's possible but it should be entertaining i'll call it right now next year on thursday night i will host a double feature (laughs) of frankenstein created bikers and tanya's island (laughs) there you go there you go awesome Um, anything else derek um well i uh, yeah, yeah, we've actually got some uh, pretty good uh, media guests this year. We've got uh, the biggest name's going to be uh, Robert England, who I've been hoping to get for the track for many years now. Um, and also uh, uh, Robert Kurtzman, the legendary Robert Kurtzman, will be coming in and talking about uh, his career, uh, including uh, his work on Haunting of Hill House. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um then, of course, uh, we have a number of literary panels. I already mentioned the V.C. Andrews panel, but um, got a few others. Uh, we have some fan panels. Now, unlike Carol, I didn't really have a lot of uh, resources, I guess, to do a lot of uh, fan panels for the various TV shows. So there won't be a lot of that this year. Um also, but I, I think it's a good mix of things. Uh, also, I wanted to backpedal a little bit on the anniversary panels. I think I overdid that last year. But one panel that has gotten universal acclaim has been the Horror of Scooby-Doo. Yes. Oh, that's right, which yes. Is, which is weird. I know this is heresy, but I've 
I liked Scooby-Doo when I was a kid, but I was never really a big fan. I think it's because the monsters weren't real. And uh, But it's the uh, 50th anniversary this year of the original series, and so many horror fans love that show that I thought it would be good to have a panel examining that. Yeah, absolutely. Ain't that right, Dave? That's absolutely right, Derek. Uh, yeah, I'm super excited, and that that's actually another aspect of my research I've got going on right now. Uh, I've put it over on the show before, but for the listeners, if, if you're on the fence about the Boomerang uh, streaming service, it gets my highest recommendation. It's the best streaming service we've got, and it's the one we all watch the most in the house. Uh, it's like five bucks a month, but it's got... Uh, all the Scooby-Doo is on there. Like, the original show, the movies, uh, my personal favorite, What's New Scooby-Doo, uh, everything is on there. All the old Hanna-Barbera cartoons, um, just tons and tons and tons of content. Johnny Quest, all Johnny Quest is on there, and that's I've been going back and catching up on the original Scooby-Doo series because I, we just there's so much Scooby-Doo, it's kind of never dormant. So, I mean, it's it's really not. There's always a version of Scooby-Doo out there. So the original show, uh, you know, every once in a while you go back to it. But if if you've got a kid, whatever the current Scooby-Doo is, with the exception of that last one that was just terrible, uh, that's the one you're watching. So it, it, it's nice to go back and revisit the original and, and, again, refresh like I'm doing with Angel. Well, guys, I think we have covered a pretty fun amount of stuff this evening. I think everybody has a good sense of what's going on on the urban fantasy and horror tracks. Uh, Before we go, though, we, of course, need to let the listeners know where they can find you online and until the DragonCon app is available, where they can keep up with uh, your respective tracks. Uh, Let's start with Derek. The best place you can find me is on the uh, Facebook page, and it just type in Dragon Con Horror Track. That should pop it right up. All right, and Carol, where can we track the activities of the Urban Fantasy Track? Also, our Facebook page is the best place. That's the one that gets updated all the time. It is active all year round, as is uh, Derek's page as well. But, you know, this t- at this time of year, it's very busy. And again, if you just, if you just uh, plug in DragonCon Urban Fantasy, you go right straight to that page. We do also have a Twitter page that does, it does have activity right around the time of con usually for the you know the few months of the you know of the summer leading up to it but it's not something that is is as active throughout the whole year but that's at urban fantasy dc excellent well you guys i can't wait to see you Uh, when this goes up we've got to pretend we're speaking in the future right now because it's a podcast i can't (laughs) wait to see you guys next week at dragon con yes that's right that's right crazy all right thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us here and uh we'll see you guys in a short time sounds great thank you dave take it easy 
And that's the horror track and the urban fantasy track, both experiences that I'm very proud to be a part of this year at Dragon Con. Boy, so much going on. I think I'm mostly prepared. I, I stopped by the store on the way home today because I needed a, a, a piece of leather cord for my big costume. I'm do, I have an actual costume not no, not a luchador mask. No mask involved. Nothing on my head at all, which is probably the only way I'm going to survive. Because if the heat is anything like it's been lately next week, I'm going to die. Which reminds me, I need to go to, uh, I think it's DisneyTouristBlog.com. And uh, if you look up Disney Tourist Blog, it's a great website. It's this couple who, who basically for a living write about going to the Disney parks. Uh, but they're they're really sweet and nice, and they get a lot of good advice. And they do a thing where it's like, here's here's stuff to bring with you to the Disney parks. And they have links to Amazon, and they get the you know how that works. They get a little bit of money from from clicking. I need to go to their site and get some of those chili towel things that you you wet and wrap around yourself under your costume to keep you cool. I understand that these work really well. And I'm going to buy enough of them to mummify myself. I'm just kidding. Because I feel like if you put too many on, once they dry, then you're just in another layer of clothing. Uh, so just a couple of chili towels. Maybe maybe for my shoulders. Uh, and maybe my groin area. I don't know. Well, no, the pants I've got are pretty free-flowing. Uh, it's it's going to be my torso. My It's, it's going to be warm, you guys. My core is going to be heating up at Dragon Con. So stay tuned for that. You'll, you'll find out what it is there. I'm not doing a costume reveal until it's actually at Dragon Con. All right. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vicks employee. Love you. Mean it. Uh-huh.